welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and it's Friday, which means it's time for some roast chicken. And, uh, woof, TGIF indeed. Am I right, ladies? Um, I mean, this week hasn't been too stressful. I don't know why I'm pretending like I've had a, a rough week, but, you know, it's, uh, I'm always happy when Friday's here. Uh, we, what the heck do we have planned this week? A weekend, excuse me, I feel like we have a whole bunch of things on the docket, but I won't bore you with the details of my social life, but I will say, uh, for those who are wondering about the, my air conditioning update, I have an air conditioning update, uh, the, the guys were here today. Uh, I'm recording this on Thursday, which was yesterday, but I'm I'm hoping, gosh, I feel like they've been here like 13 times within the last two months, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that everything is good. The, the unit that's giving them the most trouble is the one in our bedroom, of course, because that's that's the worst place that uh, we could not have air conditioning because that's I, I work out of the bedroom, I podcast in the bedroom, and, uh, you know, obviously I sleep in the bedroom, and being hot at night is a fate worse than death, really. Um, so I'm hoping by next week I will have an update for you that things are, you know, it's smooth sailing because today they came today, but it's it's actually pretty cool in Pittsburgh. They had it on and I was like, Ugh, I actually want to turn it off. It was like, I don't know, like high 60s or something like that. And part of me doesn't want to turn it on because if it breaks again, I feel like I'm just going to jump out the window or something. So <laughs> I'm hoping next week is going to be pretty hot. I think it's going up to like 92. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping it doesn't crap crap out again. So anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for your thoughts and prayers <laughs> and during these harrowing times. Um, and that's that's all I have, really. Uh, so I guess we should get into this. I picked an I picked an episode from season one today because I, I feel like I haven't got gone back and done uh, done an episode, one of the earlier ones. And I've been updating my Ina Garden or like the Barefoot Contessa episode spreadsheet on my Google Docs or Google Sheet. Um, it's so fun. I love keeping myself organized like that, too. And it, it feels like I've done so many. I'm like, oh, I'm like almost done. But then there are so many more to be done. But that means I could keep on going forever. I think I calculated it out once. And I feel like it's like five years worth of episodes or something. So, yeah, I'm committed. Anyway, so this is season one, episode 11. And it's called The Homecoming. So Ina begins by saying... I live in East Hampton, New York, and my husband Jeffrey works in Connecticut. So every Friday night he has to drive home, and I love to have a roast chicken and a tiramisu waiting for him when he gets home. The house smells like roast chicken, and hey, who wouldn't want to come home to that? That's a short intro. That's all it is. Because in these early episodes, as we know, she doesn't list out what she's making. And really, I feel like I've, I've talked about, um, I mean, I think the episode that I had Robbie Roselle on, she made like 18 things in like 22 minutes. Um, but with this one, it was awesome. This was like such an easy episode to take notes for. Normally I have to like pause and like take notes and like write stuff. And um, But this one, I kind of just like let it go. And um, there's some like, not awkward pauses, but like pauses that didn't need to be there but we'll get into that but I love these earlier episodes um but and also like just the line of um 
Every Friday, I like to have a roast chicken and tiramisu waiting for him. I mean, that is the dream. If I came home every Friday, even though Keanu and I both work from home, it what a joy to come home. Uh, I feel like they're on like opposite sides of the spectrum of like cuisines, but I mean, I will never turn down a tiramisu. So, um, and speaking of tiramisu, there, there we go. There's the segue. Um, it's uh, we're starting with dessert. Sorry, I just zoned out there thinking of tiramisu. <laughs> I love it. I, I I think like tiramisu to borrow um, a phrase from Colin Drucker from my other podcast. One of my co-hosts. Um, he often we talk a lot about RuPaul's Drag Race, and he uh, we he has like sort of, sort of coined the term a pizza queen, which means like even if a drag queen like comes down the runway and they have like a terrible outfit, you still love it because you love them. And pizza, much like, you know, a pizza queen, like even when it's bad, it's good. And I feel like tiramisu also falls under that category. Even tiramisus that are just so-so, I'm still going to like. But I I don't really, I was thinking about this before I was recording too. I don't really know what I need in a tiramisu. I need, I need a good amount of cream I will say I do love the lady fingers. You know, I, I love that sort of like, I don't know, because it's almost it almost reminds me of like, um, you know, like a Magnolia Bakery uh, banana pudding. Like my favorite part of that is like the vanilla wafers that are in between and like maybe some whipped cream and stuff like that. But for tiramisu, you don't really get that like crunch, I guess, because it kind of just maybe some texture would be nice, to be honest. Um, and with Ina, she does have some texture, which we'll get to later. But um I'd say I really want to taste the coffee. I think that's something that I really uh, value in a tiramisu. I like the cocoa powder. Spoiler alert, Ina does not use cocoa powder. So I, I teased this long enough. Let's get into it. Um, so Ina starts by saying, tiramisu was to the 90s what pasta pesto was to the 80s. And I was like, what? I mean, granted, I was born in 86, so I didn't really, you know, that was the height of the pasta pesto craze, I guess. But is that true? People that were, like, you know, not born in the 80s, like, that were, like, <laughs> adults, like, was that, like, the thing? And I feel like maybe, like, the 70s, I guess, was, like, fondue, you know what I mean? Like, what was, like, the craze? I feel like that it's some sort of, like, culinary SAT question. Like, tiramisu to the 90s was what to the 80s? Um, what would, like, today's equivalent be? I don't, what, I don't know what it would be today. Like, buffalo chicken dip? That sounds so lame. Avocado toast, actually, I would say. Maybe buffalo chicken dip would be like the early 2010s or something like that. I don't know. And then everyone freaked out about like kale, as I would say. Since when did kale get a PR agent? Hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'll think of more more of those uh, culinary SAT questions later. But anyway, uh, where was I? Okay, so Ina completes her rant. It's not really a rant, um, but she said when she talks about... Uh, She's talking about tiramisu, and she was like, um, it was done, done, and overdone, and we all stopped making it. So, But now she's making it again, so there's that. Uh, so she starts the tiramisu with six egg yolks, and she separates them by hand instead of, like, you know, tossing them from, like, one half of the shell to the other half of the shell, which is tricky stuff. Sometimes I, you really have to be careful there because I feel like it's very easy to like puncture that yolk and then it's just uh it's all over um so maybe i'll try that i mean how often do i separate eggs probably never um so anyway she throws the egg yolks into a standing mixer and then she adds a quarter cup of sugar and then whisks it for about five minutes until they're really light 
<laughs> this is where the pauses came in. I was like, what are we doing here? But it's great. So she's she turns on the standing mixer and then they show it like for a good 10 seconds of like it just like whisking. And it seems like an eternity. I don't know why. So she she has like one hand on top of the standing mixer and she's just like watching it <laughs> being whisked. And then she reaches over for like a cup of coffee and she takes a sip and like like she has all the time in the world. It was so bizarre. And then she like you can like see the moment happen. She like snaps out of it and remembers that she's like on a TV show. <laughs> it's it's sort of like this like, oh shit, this isn't real life. I got to like talk about what I'm doing and like go on to the next thing. It's so funny though. Um it was great. So once uh where am I now? I keep losing myself in my notes. I'm like staring off into the distance here. So uh, once that is do- it's doing its thing, the egg yolks are sort of, you know, being whisked. And uh, she starts putting the other ingredients together. And the first one is really good rum. And I have to object here, Ina. I don't know. Is is I mean, listeners, is, is rum always a key ingredient for tiramisu? I feel like it's not. And I don't know if I've ever, like, mentioned this before, but rum is my least favorite liquor, especially spiced rum. I can't. I feel like I've just drank enough, like, shitty spiced rum in college that I never want to drink it again. Ugh. I can just, like, I, I, I can feel, like, myself gagging just thinking of it. I don't know. Clear rum is fine, but not spice. I just, um, I don't like rum and Cokes. I know those are, you know, obviously they're popular, but, um... I just, uh, maybe I just need to buy the good rum and have a taste, but I I don't really like, yeah, I don't like rum. Anyway, uh, so she adds the rum and instant espresso to that giant, it's into that giant uh, Pyrex that I love. And then she grabs uh, two containers of mascarpone cheese, 16 ounces total from the fridge. So at this point, the eggs are done. She shows us what they look like. It's a beautiful color yellow. And then she starts to add the espresso and rum mix and then she adds the mascarpone cheese and next she pulls out the lady fingers but Ina calls them what is it Savoyardi is what she calls them and it's like you know it's an Italian word I didn't look up the translation or maybe that's just what they are um but they're in I so they are lady fingers but she tells us um they're unlike American lady fingers because they are really crisp or I guess American lady fingers have a little bit of a bite to them um, but not as much as the Savoyardi. So she takes a bite of one to show us, uh, which, I mean, honestly, she tells us too. She's like, these are even good on their own, and I could, I would totally like eat the whole bag of these. It's like one of those things where they feel healthy because they're light and airy. What is that? I think that's what I was talking about with angel food cake. I'm like, oh, it's light and airy, so it must not be bad for me, but I'm sure there's just as much sugar as like an Oreo <laughs> in those things. Anyway, uh... So next is one of the best parts I feel about making a uh, a tiramisu is dipping the Savoyardi into the espresso. Just a quick dip, though. Ina warns us not to let it sit there for too long. Um, so she's she she layers it up in what looks like it's almost like a trifle dish. What do you call it? trifle? A trifle thing glass. I don't know why I can't think of the word or what that container. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's 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 very wide and like low. And it's, I mean, it's really earthy and homemade. I got to give it to her. But for some reason, I feel like, you know, anyone Italian who's watching this would like, you know, have heart palpitations because it just looks like 
it's not a mess, but there's no organization. I think like part of the the draw of tiramisu is like you get to, you know you put it in that grid like a nine by nine or you know maybe a nine by thirteen if you if you make a double batch or something. But uh, you know we'll go with it. Uh, and then this is where she tells us that she's going to put shaved chocolate on it and sometimes even a little powdered sugar on top of that. And I was like, what? Again, I would totally eat it, but it just really surprised me that she didn't go with the traditional like cocoa powder on top. So more on that later. But she she throws it in the fridge and she says she's going to let it sit for an hour or two, but it's good up to like three or four days or something, she says. Okay, so the next part is... Okay, this is Ina essentially going to the chicken farm to pick out a chicken to slaughter on the spot, question mark? I don't know. There's a man in a green shirt and like overalls hobbling around with like a chicken in his arms. They show him holding the chicken like inside the chicken coop. Like this is the one that you want, Ina, you know, but they don't show her picking it and then cut to him. (laughs) So they show him holding the chicken and then there's like a smash cut of him handing Ina a brown bag with what we can only assume is the freshly slaughtered chicken. It was a lot. It was disturbing. And I know that I'm a meat eater, so I don't have, you know, I can't really say too much. But, you know, as Valerie Cherish once said, I don't need to see that. I really don't. So we do we do learn that his name is uh, Mr. Iacono. I'm going to say that. It's I-A-C-O-N-O. Anyway, she says goodbye to him, and then it's back to the kitchen uh, where she is rinsing off the, I guess, freshly slaughtered chicken. Oh, God. And she says, uh, she's like, roast chicken. I can do this in my sleep, which I'm sure you can. I mean, I feel like she's made, I wonder how many chickens or roast chickens she's she's made and and had slaughtered at that chicken farm. Um, they probably see her pulling up and all the, all the chickens just like quiver. They're like, it's her. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she she rinses it and she um she checks for any leftover pin feathers, which I don't know what that is. Maybe just like little baby feathers or something. Uh, and then she pats it dry. So when she brushes it with butter, uh, it will stick. And then she sort of sits it up and uh, puts like salt and pepper and the inside like the cavity, I guess. And then she also throws, she cuts like a lemon in half and then she cuts up a half a head. No, she she cuts up a whole head of garlic in half and throws that into the chicken as well, the cavity. And then she tosses some sprigs of thyme in it too. It's like, how much that can this bird take? It's really not a big chicken, um, but it's like, you know, it's good enough for the two of them and they'll have leftovers. But uh, so next she melts a few tablespoons of butter and then just like slathers it all over the chicken. Oh my gosh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and then she trusses the chicken, which is basically a fancy term for uh, like tying the legs together to ensure that everything cooks evenly and nothing's getting like burnt, I guess. Uh, she also tucks the wings underneath. And she's like, she's like, the whole bird doesn't have to be covered in twine. I've seen some birds that look like they're in bondage. Hmm. (laughs) Which I feel like she says, that's like a a classic Ina line. I've heard that bondage line before, but it always makes me laugh. So uh, the chicken is all set to go and it's time for some veggies. So she starts by peeling some carrots and then she, um, the other two veggies that she uses are some, or is an onion or onions and then fennel in the bottom of the pan. So she chops up all the veggies. And when she chops up the onions, she says, there are all kinds of theories about chopping onions without crying. I haven't found one that works yet. And it's true. I, 
I feel like I've seen things on TikTok and YouTube videos and just like, you know, other people that I talk to that have all these remedies. I feel like I tried something once where you um, you wet like a paper towel, maybe like one or two. And you like squeeze it out a little bit, but you put it on like the cutting board with the onions because I guess I'm probably going to be wrong explaining this. But like what the uh, like what makes your eyes burn, it's like vapors. So like the vapors instead go into the, the wet paper towel as opposed to your eyeballs, because really that's just like what the vapors are looking for. Some some like a soft, wet place to land, which sounds disgusting. Um, I don't know if that's true. I tried it once and it seemed to work. And then I tried it again, and it didn't work, and then I felt like an idiot, so I just, like, threw the paper towels away. Um, Ina says during this, she's like, I've even tried ski goggles. Hmm. And honestly, I have too. I bought Keon a pair of, like, goggles when he used to ride his bike to work, and I've tried those, but they're, like, not tight enough, so I don't know. Does anyone have, like, a foolproof, uh, you know, way to not cry? I don't think it's possible, so I'm accepting some uh, advice, you know, send me an email, goodvanillapod at gmail.com or, you know, send me a DM on Instagram. But uh, I don't know. The world may never find a remedy. Uh, Ina just says, I don't know. And she said, what did she say at the end? She's like, I haven't really found anything that works. She's like, I just try to cut them as as quickly as possible, which honestly I feel is the same. Uh, So she throws all the veggies into the roasting pan, followed by some olive oil, salt and pepper, we all know the drill here. And she sprinkles a little thyme on them as well. And then she puts the bird on top of the veggies and throws it into the oven. She cleans up a little. And then they pan out to her garden in all of its glory. And then um, we see Ina walking through the garden barefoot. I think they were really trying to push like the barefoot part of the barefoot Contessa. They're like, we're just going to have you never wear shoes. But I don't know. Something tells me that Ina never takes her shoes off. And just like, you know, I don't see her prancing around the garden. I mean, that that is nice. Like, in the summertime, like, I would do that. But, like, I just, I don't know. I feel like Ina would slip on a pair of those, like, do you think Ina wears Crocs? I would love if Ina wears Crocs. But, you know, she wears, like, the good sandals and just, like, kind of walks around. But I, they, it was a different time, really. Season one was such a weird era of uh, the Barefoot Contessa. But anyway, uh, so she's out in the garden in search of, th- this is like a, this is like a nothing segment. Um, she's in search of like, she's just like bragging about her herbs, basically. She like picks some parsley and shows us uh, the chives and picks up some basil and thyme. And I guess, no, does she use it at all? Typically she goes out to pick it for a recipe, but I don't know if she ever uses it. I'm like thinking. Anyway, uh, she's back in the kitchen. It's time for some garlic roasted potatoes, which she claims is one of the easiest things in the world to make. And it is. It's really just chopping garlic and slicing up some potatoes, olive oil, salt and pepper, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, so she's using red potatoes. Uh, yeah, it's like, I just, I just told you how to make them. It's, 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 I'm not going to repeat what I just said. Um, but they go into the oven and as the potatoes are going into the oven, uh, the chicken is coming out and she, uh, shows us a little test to make sure it's cooked which is running her knife between the leg and the thigh to make sure that the juices run clear. My question is, what color would it run if it wasn't cooked? Or, you know, like if it, if it, if it, what's the opposite of like the clear juices? Like, because chicken really isn't like bloody, you know what I mean? So would no juices come out? I don't know. Chime in everyone. Um, I've never questioned that before until now, but, uh, 
I don't know. So she wraps the chicken in foil uh, to let it sort of soak up the juices on the board that uh, it let out, I guess. And then she puts the veggies back into the oven for a little longer to caramelize and sort of like crisp up, which I am always a fan of. And then she takes the tiramisu out of the fridge. Uh, I almost said out of the oven. Um, And then she uh, has this like huge block of bittersweet chocolate it's like it looks like the shape of Idaho like almost (laughs) and then she shaves it with like a potato peeler and she warms up the chocolate with her hands so it gives her longer curls I was like wow that's a cool tip I mean I will probably never do that but I'm glad I know it uh and then this is where okay so she she sprinkles the curls on top and then she sifts some confectioner sugar on top of it as well this is just this is so strange and I feel like everyone has their way of making tiramisu, but to me it should, I, I just feel like, especially in Italian cuisine, like sometimes the simple stuff is the best way to do it, or the simple way is the best way to do it. But I'm always, you know, who? what am I saying here? I mean, Ina Garten's brand is like, you know, turning up the volume, even if it is like rum, but, um, or, you know, chocolate shavings. Again, I would eat all of it. Uh, she puts it back in the fridge and now it's nighttime and she's wearing a purple shirt. I wrote it in all caps in my notes. I couldn't believe it. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I, and maybe it's just like these early episodes that I might have seen that are now out of my mind, but I don't remember, I don't really even remember this episode to be honest. So what other colors does she wear? Like, I mean, obviously there's like the denim, the white, the blue, the black. Those are like, you know, the four colors she always wears but this purple shirt unless it's like a holiday episode or something else like she really doesn't change out of those four colors so I was just you know it took me off guard caught me off guard um so she carves up the chicken and then takes the veggies out of the oven they look so good there's like all these juices in it Ina is like really feeling this these veggies as she's scooping them out she's just like oh Ooh, make sure you get all of the juices. Don't let any, like, it was like good to the last drop sort of moment. Uh, and Jeffrey pulls up and as, you know, they show him like getting out of his car and Ina takes the potatoes out of the oven and goes like, I mean, it was quite sexual. She was like, oh, <laughs> and it took me by surprise again. I was like looking down to take my notes. Uh, she's really into this whole dinner. So Jeffrey walks into the kitchen and gives her a smooch oh my gosh he looks so young and I don't know why like I guess I'm just used to seeing Ina young and I still think Ina like I mean even though obviously she they're both older now too but Ina still looks I never realized how much like really all of us are aging until I go back to these early episodes but Jeffrey specifically is like this young buck um it's really cute uh so Jeffrey pours them some uh both some wine they have rosé which I feel like, I mean, maybe that's part of my, like, culinary SAT question. Like, rosé and avocado toast are the things, like, every, it's, you know, rosé all day. But I didn't even, I did not even know they had rosé before 2015 because I just never heard of it. And also, I don't really, I'm not really a sweet wine kind of guy anyway. I, I'll have, like, a sip of rosé, but I don't know, sweet wines. I don't judge people who love sweet wine. Like, I drink whatever you want it's fine I just can't do it um but rosé's fine um so anyway they sit down to dinner 
Ina asks Jeffrey what he'd like to do over the weekend, and Jeffrey says he'd really like to go to a movie. And he's like, you know what? I haven't been to a movie in like two months. And Ina like cuts him off by saying something else. I don't know. She's like, what do you think of the dinner? I don't know. It was just like she like talked over them. But I really want to know. I was, I mean, I almost thought of doing this, but I was like, I don't have the energy to look this up. I was going to look up when like the date and the year this episode was released to see what movies were playing that week. But I was like, who am I kidding? I don't have the energy for that. Um, but I would I, I would love to know like what they were going to see. Um, what was the mo- what was the DVD one? Was it Apollo 13? There was an episode I did a while back where she like packs up two. It's like Chicago and like Apollo 13. And I think she gives him Apollo 13. It may not be Apollo 13, but that's what sticks in my head because I remember I was like, ugh, should have took Chicago. Or maybe I'm wrong about both of them. Chime in, everyone. Uh, where am I? Okay, so they're having dinner. It looks like they're sitting in the dark. The lighting is just terrible. I don't know why, you know, maybe it was a lower budget in season one. Fine. But um, it just, like, turned the lights on then. I don't know. Uh, so the tiramisu is served. And Jeffrey is really into it. He says, this should be illegal, but I'm going to be breaking the law regularly. Uh, and, you know, I guess it's like, you know, it's so good that it should be illegal is where, where he's going with that. So here we go. I, ladies and gents, I didn't know that this ending was coming up. I really didn't. And I guess I've been I've been hoping for it for the past couple weeks that I needed a good ending to a Barefoot Contessa episode. And this is it. So it's, it's, it's very much in the vein of... Um, uh, Nigella, if if you've watched Nigella, you know how she sort of like saunters down in like a silk robe and then she opens the fridge and then takes a bite of like, <laughs> like, like a rib or something like that. And then she takes it off to bed and like turns on the TV. Very much that energy. So um, it's nighttime and we hear Jeffrey say, Ina, are you coming up? And then she whispers this, by the way. She's in the kitchen and there's like, a, she says, just a second, sweetie. And she grabs a freezer Ziploc bag of what I thought was leftover chicken. And she's like in her golden, like yellow, you know, pro- what's that like uh, cashmere, like blanket slash shawl. You know what I mean? I feel like we've seen it before. And I really did think she was taking the chicken up to the bedroom for like a midnight snack. And I was like, good on you, Ina, because that sounds amazing. Sounds messy, but I would still bring it up. And then, but she doesn't. She goes to the fridge and she's like, this is what she says. She says, everyone has their obsession. For some, it's, oh no, she says, for some women, it's diamonds. For me, it's saving chicken carcasses. <laughs> she just throws the carcass into the refrigerator, shuts the door, and then walks out of frame. I loved it. It is so ridiculous. I want that on a tote bag. Everyone has the, has their obsession. For some, it's diamonds. For me, it's saving chicken carcasses. Ugh, gold. Uh, so I'm so glad I got a kooky ending because I've been wanting one. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch. I, I went into the other room and I had to show Key on this ending because I and he laughed. He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's Ina. Uh, a great episode, a simple episode, I dare say. Just some chicken, veggies and tiramisu. It's like, do you need anything else? No, I I feel good. And I guess that's that's all I get. That's all I have. 
So thank you everyone for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or you can just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic that also works too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other two podcasts these days, The Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, where I am currently covering the All-Stars 7 season of RuPaul's Drag Race with my good pal Amanda Kaczynski. And of course, my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast with Colin Drucker. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.